1: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This
2: is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And I'm always co-hosting with me. Are you there, Glovey Glove? I'm here. What's up? What's up, love, folks? Hey, what's up, love, love? And co-host of what is always, love, our favorite, Paula. You there, Pete?
3: Yep,
2: Pete's here from California. He in California, huh? It's all good. Well, we have another great show. Anything going on good for the weekend, guys? Yeah, we a little bit of football. How'd you like the games, guys?
3: You know, for a, uh for the first preseason game it was pretty it was pretty fun. You know, sometimes preseason you've got the, the third and fourth string players playing a lot, so it was just nice to have football on. I think that was my big thing was okay, it's NFL time, let's go. Well
4: you
5: think well Well you know it's funny, everybody's been complaining how this time of year, you know, after basketball and how boring you know, the sports world is it was something like baseball, soccer, tennis and golf. I actually forgot that the game was on until I got home and seen um sports sports center that night. You know, my son was telling me about it, but you talk to people who were complaining about football, and then they were like, I don't wanna watch that mess, you know, the starters aren't playing. It's gonna be all the, the rookies and the scab people. So Hey, I'm happy it's back. Yeah, yeah, we always gotta be happy with it, you know, and,
2: you know, it's, it's, it's football, but the thing about those guys, you know, the starter's not playing and, you know, you got all these guys that's playing that's gonna try and make the team, you know, everybody, everybody wants to see football, don't they guys? See?
3: Cause I, you know, I usually don't watch preseason just because, first, uh, first off, a lot of, some of the guys I don't even know because, they're the college guys. Some of them are just trying to make the team. So I usually don't watch preseason, but I did watch some of the, the Hall of Fame game just because I'm just so excited to get football started. So I didn't watch the whole game, but I'm kind of with Glove where I almost forgot it was on, but I realized, oh, this is the first game. So I, I did watch some of it, but not the whole game. Right. So, well,
5: then, so, What do you think,
2: Glove?
5: Yeah, I didn't, I'm sorry. i sorry. Didn't, I didn't, like I said... I didn't put it in because i had forgotten I had other things going. But hey, that was I tried to tell people, you know, Sunday was the start. Now you're gonna have games pretty much, you know, weekly starting I think either tonight or tomorrow night through the weekend. So hey, it's back. Everybody should get happy. You know, get to make sure the beer is cold, the peanuts are warm and salty. It's it's about to get going.
2: Well, as you guys, we uh, we have our guests, so we're gonna wait a minute for to bring them on. But um, uh, Johnny, Johnny footballs in the um, news again. What do you guys think of that? You know, I told Glove, you know, hey, <laughs> that kid, it's just a pattern, right? See?
3: But hey, you know what? And every time I see something on him, I think about you and Glove and our our talk the last couple weeks. Because like, but like we said, James, even that first week. We were we would have to wait to see was that just a one time thing with him or is there actually a pattern of stuff that we're just not aware of? And so it's obvious uh Mr. Manziel has had some other things you going know. on. That'll <laughs> that, be that bar. you
2: know.
3: So yeah, it's it's just it's That'll coming out. That. It's all coming out. Things that he's doing, it's all coming out. So with you know, with time you're gonna see everything.
5: What well, you know, no. What, 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 what? I gotta change her name because I'm gonna start calling her Queen P. So, what, the, what the Queen just said was what, kind of accurate. You know, I can't. I, I have to swallow my pride a little bit and say we can't use the excuse of him being 20 anymore because I think mm-hmm. now he's 21, so he's a young man and he should know right from wrong. And and I don't think you know one of the guys did on the nose when I was watching sports in earlier watching first tape. You know, it's his arrogance, but he's just more so defiant. It's like he don't even care he's going to do what he want to do when he wants to do it because the funny side of the story that somebody told me was, one thing, he's a privileged kid. He's driving the 80s band around campus, which, hey, if his parents important, you know, having him in a band is a beautiful thing. We always were that privileged in college. But someone said, you know, the whole little incident when him signing the autograph. You know, he wanted the money because he wanted to put some Rams on his car. Now, if that's (laughs) the true story
4: that he
5: did it to put Rams on his car, then he's an idiot.
4: Yeah, but, you
2: know, you got to look at it too, and, you know, and just say, you know, the kid's going to self-destruct.
5: That guy? I can't yeah. really say that yet, though, James. I can't say he's going to self-destruct. I just say he's a young, immature kid that got thrown into the spotlight by how he was playing football,
4: and he's not
5: able to handle everything that's coming his way as far as from an attention standpoint. You know, and and the sad part about it, when you look at it, you know, people are talking about his upside. Well, he's still going up. He's not ready to go to the NFL he still have a lot more development and things like that to do. So what he's doing now could hinder him from being as great as he possibly can be.
3: Yeah, I mean, with him signing, you know, with signing the the stuff for the money, I mean, it's almost like sometimes when, when you're a criminal and you're acting in a group, you know, you always have to be thinking, okay, one of these other people can eventually tell on you. And so for him... Like he, like glove was saying, he's young, but he needs to realize whoever he was signing all this stuff for, and there's probably more people out there. Like, if you're violating or or breaking the law or somehow, and somebody else is witnessing it or seeing it, eventually it's probably going to come out. And so for him, he should have been a little smarter than that. And for the number of things he was signing, eventually he to to the house, it was going to get out. We go out hey, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're
2: going to take a break. Early break. When we come back from the break, you'll have our guest, Kenny Bellow, uh, former NBA player. So this is James Loving and Glovey Glove, Diego and Pete San Fran, right, Pete?
3: That's
2: right, San Fran. Let's, let's take a break, and we'll be right back, guys.
1: Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind.
0: No holds barred. They need a bitch's
1: ass and then move well, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy.
0: <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up, speak up or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports.
2: Talkin' and talk. Walking and walk. Right, Glove, Pete? That's right. That's,
3: talk. Talk. that's how
2: that's we how do it. it. Yeah, that's how we do it. Guys, we got a guest on the phone today. We're gonna knock him out today with a bunch of questions, you know. I guess the NBA um, schedule came out, so we got Kenny yeah. battles. Kenny, you there?
6: Yeah, I'm here.
2: How you doing today?
6: I'm doing good today. I'm doing good. How about you, Chef Jane?
2: I'm doing good. Kenny, we got my coach.
3: Hey, Kenny.
6: How you doing?
3: Good.
2: How are you?
6: I'm doing good.
3: Well,
2: Kenny, I guess I'll start it off. The NBA, you know, is a uh, – we've already started back up. Everybody question is, should Derek Rose, you know, it, well, we know the play. Did he make the right decision not playing last like year?
6: Well, you know, anytime you have a a knee injury as uh, Derek sustained, uh, only the individual know when um, he's ready to come back, and uh, you know you can't pressure an individual to come back because certain uh, individual came back to play. You know, I, I think Derek did what Derek had to do for himself. Be well.
3: So, Kenny, I know you played a year with the uh, Golden State Warriors, right? Yeah. So ha- have you been watching their games like last year with Curry and Thompson? I mean, what, what do you think about them when you watch them play today? I mean, it's just exciting.
6: You know, I, I was uh, proud of those young men during the playoffs. Uh, they came out and played well, and uh, the Bay Area was very supportive, as always. And, uh, you know, Golden State is definitely going to be a team to be reckoned with coming in the upcoming year. So they have a lot of young players uh that are playing well that can play, and that's gonna you know get a lot of recognition throughout the n b a this year
4: yeah
3: they they have the bay area up
6: basketball season it, you know they have a young guy Curry who's just uh he's off the chart when he gets going
5: Kenny, this is a Glover in San Diego. My question <laughs> is this. With, with everything that's going on around, all the stories in L. A. Why does it seem like everybody's leaving L. A. Is it is it the big men that are leaving L. A. The issue, or is it Kobe? Because Kobe's still in L. Well, a. But yet it seems like the big men keep running, jumping, shit.
6: Well, you know, a lot of guys, uh, some of them have come out and you know just said that you know they just can't they can't coexist with Kobe. You know, and, uh, for whatever reason it might be, I don't know if it's, you know, he's too demanding, he's too pre-Madonna, he just wants total control. But when you have superstars that are leaving, uh, your team to go other places, it's definitely not the organization. Because as you know, the uh, Lakers are a very respected organization. And, uh, they do things first class. And, uh, you know, you have to look at it and, you know, uh, um, if it's not the organization then it has to be individual
4: among
6: the team. Um, this is James. Um, kinda of
2: like what's left, for everybody leaving um LA, but I mean, do you think by um you say LeBron didn't want to come to LA? Uh is like you say, the organization organizational do these players feel
6: they don't want all that pressure on them with certain teams? Yeah. I mean you 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 can go with LeBron. I mean, um uh Carmelo had an opportunity uh to join the Lakers and uh turn it down. And um, you know, it's it's definitely not the organization. It's just that, you know, those top players in the league uh just refuse to play with Kobe. Uh you know, they can do it in the uh, Olympics because it's you know, a couple of months, but you know, when you're trying to do it, uh, win a championship or compete for a championship, you know, over 82 games and, uh, 13 games in the playoffs, you know, that's hard to deal with an individual that, you know, you either don't get along with or don't like, or don't like his ways or whatever. Big
3: so, love. Kenny, back when, I mean, when LeBron had made his announcement, he was leaving. I know we all debated and we talked about it sometimes until we were blue in the face. The way he did it, you know, some people call him a sellout for leaving and bailing um, Cleveland, you know, and you hear the talk, oh, if he was such a great star, he should have stayed there and, and won a championship. You as a former NBA player. I mean, how do you feel about him leaving and going to Miami and then getting rings?
6: Well, you know, what people fail to realize, I uh, uh, really don't want to understand, is that LeBron gave Cleveland every option to get him here. Every year, all he talked about is that he needed top tier players to be in Cleveland so they can compete. I mean, he was getting them to the, to the finals. Uh, basically him alone and, you know, with, um, uh, complimentary players. He wanted another big name player there, uh, to help him win the championship, to get him over the hump. And the organization failed to do, to do that. And, you know, I mean, you, you play in the league to win championship, and he knew he could stay in Cleveland and continue to get them to the semifinals, but no championship. So, you know, he took his act where, you know, he had uh, Dwayne. Um, Chris Goss came over, and they formed the big three, and, you know, now they've got uh, two championships. You hear, you hear that, James Loving?
3: <laughs> you hear Kenny. Kenny said he gave... Cleveland had all the opportunities. He was there for seven years. That's
4: what
5: me and Glove have been saying. <laughs> hey, T, here's, here's what's funny, T, before my – I got a, a two-part question for you minute, in a minute all here, right. Kenny. Here's what's, here's what's funny, T. If, if they go to the finals again, this will be the, the first team since the old Celtics that have been in the finals four years in a row. But James will going to admit to that. But anyway, my question to you, Kenny, is this, 2 part what was the one player, if you choose to answer, that when you were playing in the day before, the the the, the night before you were going to play him, you had a hard time sleeping, and which one player, if you want to admit to it, uh, when you were going to play him the night before, you were like excited to play because you
6: knew that was a here, easy twenty point game here. for you. Well, you know what? Uh, no one calls me uh, a night of sleep. You know, I was one of those guys when the coaches came in and uh, gave you the scouting report. And you know, I was kind of player. I could be, uh, say, for instance, we was playing the ball. I could be guarding Jordan. I could be guarding Pippen. I could be guarding D.J. Armstrong, uh, Horace Grant. So I had about four or five guys that I had to study and uh, prepare for for each game. So that was, uh, you know, I was like a utility player. I could guard anybody uh, from a center all the way to the point guard can do a hell of a job. So I knew that, you know, I wasn't going out to try to stop uh Jordan, but I I can go out and slow him down. You know, because nobody could really stop him. He's just slowing down or get him off rhythm and, you know, that kind of thing. But you know, uh you know, I look forward to playing against anyone. Because uh, you know, when I when I played, none of none of my coaches ever ran plays for me. You know, they just make sure they gave me the ball and told everybody else to get the hell out of my way. You know, so, you so, know, I mean, I just look, I love the game. I look forward to playing every game that I played. Um, you know, I never was one of those players that went in and said, well, I'm going to take the day off, the night off. You know, I went in and played every single game like it was the last one that I would play. See, my question is, is I kind of, you know, I'm almost like in
2: that direction now. You see these players, you know, they used to play for the love of the game. Now it's all about the money. I mean, is there any of the game now going to be back to where it used to
6: be, you know, where you can watch a great game? Well, you know, I, I doubt it because they they uh now are giving guys unbelievable amount of money without really showing a net worth of if that player is going to be worth that amount of money that we're giving him. And, you know, as you see it now, a player really don't start to play or perform until that last year of that contract. And then he just goes off so he can get that next big contract. And then, uh, you know, be Sir Paul, uh, throughout that contract. You know, back in the day, it wasn't, a, it wasn't about the money. It was just proving that, you know, I'm going to be better than you. It doesn't matter how much money you make, how much money I make. Uh, I love the game. I'm going to go out and play it. Uh, you know, I was given a talent, a gift, and, you know, I'm going to go out and do all I can. If I get the money, that's great. But if not, I'm going to have fun playing the game.
4: See, okay, Nathan,
3: See how, how, how do you think um, Boston trading the three, Pierce, Garnett, and uh, I'm blinking on the other guy's name, trading there them is. to the Nets? Like, where do you think that puts the Nets now in terms of, like, championship runs? Well,
6: you know, for, for New Jersey, it was a great move. I mean, you got a, a first-year coach in Jason coming in, so you have to surround him with veteran players. And I mean, with uh, Pierce and Garnett, uh, you got um, Darren Williams coming back, so you got a great nucleus of veterans there to start with. So he's not going to have to really do a lot of teaching uh, in his first year. He's going to have veteran players that understand the game, understand practice time, uh, know the meaning of a hard practice. Uh, preparing uh for the game it's going to be easy for those veteran players, and it's going to be easy for a rookie coach.
4: Uh,
6: and Jason, I mean, it was a great acquisition to get those guys in—all veterans, all uh, have won championships, know what it takes to win championship, and really want to show Boston that hey, you guys gave up on us, so we're going to take our show and win championship here in uh, New Jersey. Well, hey, we have
2: a
5: question. We got a break. Yeah, this is Glover and this is Glover again. We have this uh-huh. ongoing, we have this ongoing battle here <laughs> on, on our show. Uh-huh. James is from Chicago. You know, he said George is the greatest. I always say that if you're judged by championships, how is George the greatest when Russell has 11? I always tell him it's hard to say who's greater because everybody came at different periods of time and everybody contributed. So so help us explain what makes one of the NBA the greatest. Is it championships or is it
6: playing? Well, I mean, you know, everyone has always say you're the greatest by the number of championships you won. Um, but, you know, it's the way that uh, he won those championships and the way that team – prepared to win all those championships. You know, people didn't realize the Bulls used to get their butt kicked. You know, Jordan first six years in the league, six or seven years in the league, the Bulls struggled. I mean, he got his point. But when they started adding pieces in, getting guys in position, and able to not only win, but win, you know, uh, what, 72-10? and 10, You know, and uh, they had a great winning record the year before. So, you know, they continue to exceed uh later on after they won the, the first four, then the fifth, then the sixth championship. So, you know, I mean, he has to be in the talk when you talk about the greatest. But, I mean, you can go to, uh, you know, you can look at the stats of uh, uh Oscar Robinson. You know, those guys, um, you know, his stats are unbelievable. And... You know, but, I mean, you, you, you can go on. You can compare players, uh, different area, different time. But in the end, you know, it's the same game. You know, it's the same game. It's just players change, time change, you know. But the, the game itself changes. But, uh, you know, the basket's still going to be 10 feet. It's still going to be around the same width. Uh, the ball is going to be the same, you know, diameter it is. So, I mean, it's just that uh, – you know he was just an exceptional player at his time. Thank you.
4: <laughs>
6: what
2: are we gonna do? Uh, we're gonna take a break and then we'll be back with my um, guest, Kenny, former NBA player. Hey, Glover, I ain't done with you yet. You know I ain't. I got a question <laughs> for Kenny. I'm gonna throw it back to right, P. You with me, Pete? <laughs> no,
3: I'm. I'm
2: a glove. You know I'm a glove. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Jay love, love my first off and Glover, and P. And our guest, Kenny Battle. We'll be right back.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports...
0: Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.
1: Tune in to a show about making a comeback You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This, this is James Loving by Hope to Loving That Sports Talk.
2: And always, be in love, co-hosts with me. You guys there?
4: Yeah. I'm here,
2: love. And we got our guest, Kenny Battle. Kenny, you did leave us at you. No, I'm here. I'm here. Well, I want to give a shout-out, you know, not a shout-out to, but I want to thank Bob and Frank to let us do the show live at, at the office today. You know, we're doing a little tweaking, but we'll do a little bit better next time. we time. Go on. so, you know, shout-out to Bob and um, everybody in the, um, at the office, is helping us out from the wastes to the, you know, everybody is beautiful and treating us nice. Uh And they did say I look like Denzel Washington. So, you know, you guys, we'll talk about that later, right, B?
3: Okay. <laughs> I didn't hear you say that glove. You know this. You I, know there's only one Denzel. <laughs>
5: then why are they saying I look like him?
3: That's a good question.
5: I was I was I was waiting my turn because you are in the bar, right? So <laughs> well, that's another show, right?
4: Yeah, uh,
2: right? yeah. Well, Scott, let's get back. Kenny, cause glove got jokes. Me and glove played together in college, you know. Uh-huh. So we always got we always got this little thing that you know is a little spicy, you know. But um, we, we talk about sports, and I think he was on glove side that all these athletes, you know, this um, is Johnny football that you know, we're looking at his age. So the things that he do wrong, we should accept it because he's only in college and he's able to do these things. Do you agree with that with like these kids coming out of college that they can go party and drink? But we
6: come to the spotlight, don't you got to do things different, Kenny? Well I mean when you when you're in the spotlight, you know, everyone is watching. Everyone wants you to make a mistake. You know, you got people that are cheering for you, but they want you to make a mistake because they see you as being too perfect. You know, I, I've been in that situation in 89 at the University of Illinois. I mean, not being able to go anywhere without people all around you, wanting an autograph, you know, wanting uh, to be part of you, want to touch you, talk to you, uh, squeeze your butt when you're in a bar, you know, little things like that. And you have to be humble and understand that, A, hey, these are the people that put me on this pedestal. So, uh, for one, I can't turn my back on them. For two, I can't be a distraction to my team on the university. And for three, I have to always be on the top of my game wherever I'm at. Uh, as you perform on the field, you also have to perform better off the field because there's going to be people there that try to pull you, uh, this way or that way. People that want, uh, bad things to happen to you.
4: So
2: you have to just surround yourself with positive people that really care about you a hundred percent. Well, Peter, for your tell Kenny quit LOD, and you know he was out there squeezing butt. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, guys.
4: Kenny
2: LOD, that's all right. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. <laughs> well, Ken, you know, Kenny, when it first when the first thing came,
3: this was a couple weeks ago when. Manziel had first, he slept in and missed the Manning's, you know, was a voluntary camp. He had missed it, you know, didn't show up. There were allegations he had been, he was probably hung over because he was out the night before. And so that very first, when that first came out, what, what me and Glove were saying, and I'll speak for me and Glove to say, is that at his age being a teenager, even though he was a Heisman, just that one incident, like, we have to keep in mind that these are still young boys. Like, even okay. in college, some of them are 18, some of them are 19, for some of them this is the first time they've been away from their parents. So even though we may think, even though you want a Heisman, we as adults we're looking and saying, okay, you should be acting and doing this. The first, the first thing we said after that first week was that, okay, his age, you have to keep his age in mind. Now, granted, now there's been 34 other stuff. 34 more than his age. but Initially, initially, that's what we were saying was that we have to remember how young some of these football players are.
2: Yeah, Yeah,
6: I mean, you know, you have to. I mean, he's a 19-year-old and, you know, uh, he's going to do what a typical 19-year-old do on a college campus. You know, there's going to be a lot of drinking involved. There's going to be a lot of uh, partying, a lot of hanging out. Uh, You know, and uh, you know, People say he won the Heisman, you know, he should act like the Heisman. But, well, you know, he's, he's a young man in college, at a major university, uh, winning. Uh, so, come with all that, you know, there's the partying, there's the girls, uh, you name it. There's people that just want to be around you because of who you are. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's okay for an adult to say that he should act better because we as adults, know that it, uh, what he should and shouldn't do. But on the other hand, he's still, uh, 18, 19 year old, uh, kid. He's trying to learn, uh, the right thing to do, how to do things. So how do you learn? You learn from your mistakes. So he, he, he's gonna make mistakes. And I'm pretty sure that's not gonna be the last one that he makes. But, you know, it's, it's a process. Hopefully he doesn't make a mistake that's gonna jeopardize him. Uh, his plane or his future plane or his future earnings. So, uh, pretty soon the light's gonna come on and say, hey, look, I can't do, uh, what I've been doing. Um, you know, because the more I do, the more money it's gonna cost me down the stretch.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Well, uh, Kenny, I- I'm not gonna touch that,
5: uh, rubbing on the butt thing. That- that's-, that's not on me. <laughs> And and I wanna say I wanna say thank you right now before we get carried away for for coming on the show and helping us out today. And every you just said was accurate and true and I hope our host I hope our host, this is Glover, I hope our host, James Lovin, heard what you just said about a nineteen twenty year old young man in college, immature. He shouldn't have to act like an adult because we were once all in college. But you said it so eloquent, I have nothing to say about it. I'm going to move on to our mature, immature adult in the NBA (laughs) called Dwight Howard. At what point does this immature, mature guy start acting like a mature adult and play basketball the way he should be playing as a seven-footer?
6: Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, because, you know, last year and the year before, I mean, if you do more crying and complaining, than playing and, and showing that you should be the dominant center in the NBA. You know, and he, he hasn't shown it. But, I mean, you know, he, he can tweet. He can do this here and there. As you said, you, you become the mature adult. Let your game speak for itself by your rebounding, your shot blocking, your point, being the dominant man in the post that you should be every single night. Regardless of who you're playing, let them know that you want to go down as being, uh, in the top five dominant centers that ever played a game. And he can be. But is his mindset going to be there where it needs to be? That he can do what he has to do or should do? You know? So, uh, you know, when he, when he, hopefully this new move have, have changed him and, uh, he, his agent, his publisher, PR people have, I've told him, say, so, hey, Dwight, you're going to have to start putting up. Put up or shut up. You know, that's what it is. Because if he have a bad year, not only everyone in L.A., but Kobe is really going to, you know, ridicule him.
3: You know.
4: <laughs>
3: oh, Kobe's probably sitting back just waiting. <laughs>
6: oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, he, he's going
3: to watch every game that
6: Dwight plays.
3: Uh-huh. Every single game he plays,
6: Kobe will be his worst critic
3: and
6: he'll
4: probably
6: be tweeting and, and just talking to oh, yeah. the media. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't wait for that first game Houston plays, and he don't play well. And just, just to see what Kobe's going to tweet after the game. Kenny, this is James. I got a question.
2: I can't talk to you about Shaq because I, I don't speak to Paula about because she don't answer the phone when Miami loses. <laughs> so I can't talk to her about things. But glove oh, okay. after when he won it after when they lose or win. But uh, um, do you think that uh what you're saying about Kobe? and Me and glove talked about it. Kobe pushed a lot of players away, you know, because nobody want to play with him. Is it because it's competitive or it's arrogance? Which one do you think? Well, you know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to
6: say both. You know, because it's arrogance more than his competitiveness. Because you know, you have to coexist. Uh, to win championship with players that exist on your team. And if you don't, uh, feel that, uh, a player have a bad game and now you want that player gone. You know, it's 82 games in the regular season. You know, you got seven or eight preseason games. You know, you got 13 games that you play all the way through the championship. And, you know, you, ha- you have to learn to jail. You have to learn, you know, to get along. You have to learn to be good teammates. And at times, Kobe has shown that he he don't care about being a good teammate. So you know, nobody wants to play with that bad apple uh on the team, whether he's your best player or your worst player. See what do you got to say about
2: that, glove?
3: Well, uh, first off, Kenny, just for the record, um, just to <laughs> set this straight. <laughs> A heat, okay, I'm, I am a Heat fan, and whenever we lost a game in the playoffs, and the next day was Wednesday, which is when we do the show, I always call in. Now, I didn't always, I didn't always answer my phone when James was calling me when the game ended. Oh, okay. I mean, that's different.
6: That's different. You need time to recoup, to get your thoughts exactly. together.
3: You know, so James James wouldn't call me when we won. Okay, he would call the minute they lost the game. I my phone would be ringing. So just so you know, I still call in. Oh, so what
6: you what you saying? James did called you to congratulate you after the uh they beat the Spurs. No,
3: he didn't. Oh, he James.
2: <laughs> well, did you have a question? I I know.
6: <laughs>
5: hey Kenny, if, if, if you know James or as you get to know James. Everything Paul has just said is accurate. Now, James is one for giving you the cuff half full or the bag half empty or whatever, whatever verbiage you want to use. The, the James, you know, call to congratulate somehow his phone get lost or get broken or things like that. But back to what we're talking about, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny when they say Dwight Howard for me is a dominant center and and all the pressure that was put on him when he went to L.A. Because think about it. You know, Shaq was one of the, you know, not say, he was at the bottom of the centers that the Lakers had ever had. And Shaq, the Hawks mm-hmm. made him automatic. So how could Dwight live up to all the pressure that was going to be placed on him in, the, in in L.A.? So for me, I think him going to Houston, you know, if you know Dwight, seeing as your former NBA, he likes to hide in those smaller markets where – Think about it in Houston, if they make it to the playoffs but don't make it to the second round, that was a good year for Houston so Absolutely. for me, I just think the whites like to hide a lot he's not he's not mature to stand up like you were saying earlier
6: well, I have to agree with you on that. I mean um uh, you know he, I mean he had to follow Shaq' footstep and numbers in Orlando, then he go to l a and you know where he find himself right back in Shaq footstep. Uh, everybody's gonna say, well, Shaq did this when he was here. They won the championship, three championships. Uh, right. What are you gonna bring to the LA? Well, as you said, now he's in Houston and, you know, the market will be happy if they just make the playoffs. You know, done in the first round. Okay. We, uh, that's, that's fine. We can accept that. But as you said, in those big markets, you know, LA, New York, Chicago, it's unacceptable. You know, you're gonna have to produce. Or the media, the fans, uh, the public, everyone is going to ridicule
2: you. Yeah, Kenny, I mean, if you're saying you have to produce, you know, most players are just taking the money and they're not producing. You know, you see everybody getting big contracts now, even in the NFL, the next year, and am I right, guys, Bob P? They never produce. I mean, you get this $100 million contract, and then I guess it's we expect more because they're getting a hundred million, or they really just not
6: producing. I mean, what is it? Well, you know, we always have fans and former players, you we 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 come accustomed to expecting more. You know, you have got what you asked for. Not give the general public what they're looking for. You know, it used to be that way. Nowadays, say, I've got my contract. Why should I go out and play hard? I don't want to get hurt. You know. You, you have a contract. Whether you get hurt or not, you have a contract. Uh, you know, basketball is fully guaranteed. Football, whatever your signing bonus is. But you have that contract. You know, and, uh, you know, I just wish that, you know, players in all sports, uh, once you do sign that big contract, come out and show everybody this is why I, I deserve the contract. You know, don't flop after you sign a $150 million contract and you, play like to your $300,000 player, uh, you know, everybody's going to be pissed from the the front office, GM, owners, you name it. Everyone is going to be pissed off.
3: And it's funny, Kenny, because sometimes when you're watching games, and this is even in baseball, when it is their contract year, like the year the contract is firing, you will even hear the analysts who will say, oh, it's this guy's contract playing harder, he's doing this or that. So, it, I mean, it does seems seem like when they know that they're being watched, they're getting ready to be renewed. It seems like they do play a little harder, even while they do that. And then they sign these big contracts, and they go back and kind of, like, okay, well, now I've just got all this money. You know. Yep, yeah. yeah, they do it all the time. Yeah, I
6: mean, it, it, it's true. I mean, you just watch any player that's up for a contract that year. Watch out his numbers. whether it's baseball, the numbers are going to be up. Um uh, Football, if he's a running back, whatever skill position he's playing, his numbers are going to be in the top because he wants to be paid in the top five of those guys that are playing that position. And on with basketball. You know, a guy might be – scoring average might be down. Now he's up for that new contract. His scoring average goes up six, seven points. His field goal percentage increase. Everything that's going to get him more money – He's going to improve upon. Mm-hmm. Well guys,
2: we got to take another break and when we take another break, we'll be back with our guest Kenny Battle. Uh, love Pete. You know, uh, hey, we're going to talk about NBA the next week. I mean, next year, uh, what the schedule looking like and ask Kenny what he thinks. So we'll be back right back.
0: Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.
1: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
2: This is James love hosting sports Talk and we got co hosting Glovey Glove. You that Glove? Yeah, I'm here, duh. And always Peter calls in after Miami Law. You that Pete?
3: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're <from our> team. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I guess, um, Kenny Dow. <laughs> Can you leave us with you?
5: Yep, I'm
2: here here. Alright, before we leave the show I we'll wanna always thank again Bob and Frank for at the office letting us do the show here live. And next week we'll be able to talk a little bit of football with Tony said to see what he think about Johnny football and the NBA NFL training camp what start of the new year. But um Kenny, um new schedule out. Miami playing. uh you know, you already have a tough schedule but um you think they will you know, repeat with the same record and um you think they'll win it all.
6: Well, you know, they have to be the favorites to win it all. I mean any time you're at the champion and, uh, you have, uh, all your key players back and you make a couple of new acquisitions. Uh, you have to be the favorite to win. But, you know, the, the NBA is so up and down. Uh, uh, teams, uh, come out and, uh, play well. So it'll be interesting. But, you know, they have to be the favorite because they have the defending chance. Until somebody beats them, you know, I have to go with Miami. You like that, don't you, Steve?
3: Yeah, I mean, Kitty, of course, as a Heat fan, I do like that. Um, I, you know, I just know as a fan of sports, it's hard to repeat something three years in a row. So, I yes. think for, you know, I think for Miami, um, we pretty much we kept the same team. I know they signed Odin. Uh He's a big question mark to me. I never really think they should have even, like, wasted their money on that. He hasn't played in two years. So, uh-huh. You know, so everyone's kind. Of, some of the people are excited. Oh, they got. Oh, to me, I'm not excited. I'm kind of like they should have probably brought in a little more fresh new blood. You know, with, with these same guys coming back, they have to be as hungry for it this year as they were the first time, or oh, else.
4: Oh yeah. The well, other, you know.
6: well, I think they will be because they know everybody is cheating for them. I mean, you know, uh, Chicago is not going to be a slouch. You know, if Derek come back playing the way Derek is, and they continue. To duplicate what they did last year without Derry. You know, it's going to be interesting in the East. I mean, they already, they're, I mean, the Bulls are picking picked away in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, um uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see, you know, there's a lot of good teams in the East. I mean, New Jersey's going to be nice. Uh, New York is going to be nice. So it's, it, nice it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of good teams. So you're going to get a chance to watch a lot of, a lot of great basketball night in and night out. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm still
5: back on the. You're absolutely right. Everything both you guys just said, I I totally agree. But for me, I think, Odin doesn't help the Miami Heat being picked up. I don't think he's going to do what Miami needs to get over the hump this year. I think in order to battle in Chicago or to battle the Pacers, they need some some bulk inside, some big men with some mm-hmm. meat. You know, because Indiana's going to beat them up with those big guys they have inside. And then you go to Chicago, they're big and quick. So I think they need a bigger presence, Berman and Olden. Those guys can't, can't carry the baton. I think it's going to be kind of interesting in the East this year, you know.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're yeah, absolutely right. I mean, because, you know, the Pacers, you know, they're going to have everyone healthy uh, when the season starts and uh, they're going to look to duplicate what they did last year, but add a little more to it. And, you know, that's to get into the Eastern Conference Championship and win it and move on to the uh finals. So you you got a lot of teams that's going to be shooting at Miami. So, as you said, Miami's going to have to be on their game every single uh night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kinda, I'm kind of with
2: Glove on this, and we rarely agree. But um, I don't think even with a, a good big man Glove, um, that Miami got, cause you still had, you know, Dwayne and, um, LeBron that wants the ball. I mean, then you got, um, the guy, um, that shoots the super threes. I can't think of his name. Ballin. You know, ball. they want the ball. So where would a big man fit in? But just getting rebounds? I mean, that would be it, right? You're not looking for him to score, are you? Are you
6: well, me? I mean, if you have a dominant big man that's going to be happy with, you know, getting 10 shots. In the 12 shots a game, learning his role. I mean, because a big man coming in is going to understand what his role will be. You know, you got two uh, dominant scores, Dwayne and uh, LeBron, so you're going to be a third option or a fourth option because you know Box is going to get his shots up uh from the outside. So, you know, it's you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice if you're going to be a dominant big man coming in.
4: You know like Kenny
3: said boss boss likes to take his shots from the outside. <laughs> you know, James, I think they Miami needs someone, like you said, who is going to rebound. Boss yeah. is like you know he comes in playing the center like stay down there and do what you're supposed to be doing he mm-hmm. He's gotten where he likes to shoot the three now all the time, like who's down there getting a rebound So I mean,
6: you know you, you to, people uh, really don't realize Boss got paid from being a post player. A dominant post player. That's where he got all those millions from on the post. And like you said, once he signed his money, now he said, "I'm gonna get away from the post. I'm gonna improve my three-point range."
3: (laughs) And James, you know the season starts with uh, Miami playing Chicago. That's the first game. (laughs) (laughs) What
2: do you say, Steve?
3: Miami Miami plays Chicago
2: for the first game of uh, the season. Well, oh, that's what I wanted Kenny to relax, reflect on. You know, the first game, Miami-Chicago, with Miami lose, does that reflect anything of their season back?
6: Well, you know what? It, it could be a, a message that, that Chicago is going to be looking to send that, hey, you guys won uh, the East last year, uh, but we had a lot of people that got hurt at critical times, and they throughout the whole year. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to, I know it's going to be a great game, but a lot of people are going to be coming out to show that, hey, we don't have Derek back on the Miami yeah. side. We still have, you know, we have a goal that we're trying to
5: conquer.
6: Love? No, I, I totally,
5: I, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was designed for them to play first to kind of set precedence in the East to, you know, see who's going to be the dominant force in the East. Does it does it make a big a big deal which one wins? I think if Chicago wins, it puts more pressure on Miami. But if Miami wins, that's the way it should be.
6: Yeah. You know, so it's it's gonna be interesting because, you know, whoever gets that home court advantage in the playoffs, it's just that one extra game at home is gonna mean so much of winning that uh championship, or winning the conference championship.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because usually for me in the beginning of the season, like, I know they've messed them up. I know want to get the ratings and the viewership. But usually the first couple weeks or so, I don't really even give much. I don't really give much credence to those, those early games just because it's like the very first couple of games of these guys playing. Like they're coming off of the preseason and practice games. So to me, even if Miami wins, that's not going to necessarily mean for me to like get really happy and be like, oh, Miami vs. Chicago, like, I'm not really even going to be paying attention to who wins because it's just their very first game. Now, of course, like you said, it may help down the end to see whose record's better, but I just think in terms of looking at Miami vs. Chicago, it's just, it's too fresh. Like, I'm not going to get overly excited if my team wins. You know, I'll, it's, it's too much basketball to be played. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be a message sender.
6: Uh, To the team that loses, that hey, you're gonna have to contend with us for seven, eight more games, and uh, we're already up one. So,
3: and I do think it will be physical because (laughs) that last series those two had in the playoffs, it was like a mini boxing match every night. So I think oh yeah, it's gonna be a message
6: sender for both teams. They're gonna be sending the message Uh of hey, every single one of these games is gonna be physical. That's going to be easy. There's not going to be too many layup games without hard fouls. So it's, it's going to be a message for the rest of the season and um, all the way through to the playoffs starts up again in the spring.
2: So. Well, well guys, you guys, um, man, we want to thank Kenny again for being on the shoulders, but um no. uh, Kenny, thank you, man. Appreciate it.
6: Thank you guys for having me. Enjoyed it.
3: Thanks you, Everyone? Kenny, for, you know, clarifying some things uh, that me and Glove.
2: You wasn't the right guest, Kenny. I thought you were your own mother. I see how this is going to work now. Glove, <laughs> you know, I guess got to have those people call in again and tell them, right? Is that how it
5: works? Hey, you always try to get that hometown feel of somebody calling in and help you out. And it's been uh, working against you here lately.
2: Well, guys, thanks again. And I want to thank at the office for letting them do so a lot. And, uh, like I say, another great week. And then next week, do it again, guys. Thanks, glad right. All right. All right.
4: Thanks, Jimmy.